The next few weeks, we're going to be talking about witness. It was just a couple of weekends ago that we walked through two workshops where we talked a lot about witness. And so for these next four Sundays, including today, so three after this one, we'll be looking at texts that focus in on different aspects of witnessing. And witnessing is, we often want it, right? We want somebody to witness something that we've done. I mean, if you have any doubt about that, look at the culture of taking videos of just about everything so that you can share it with somebody and show them that whatever you were trying to do actually got accomplished, whether it was a skateboard trick or knocking a bottle cap off of a bottle or a great soccer goal shot. Whatever it is, we generally want to share something good with somebody. Several years ago, I remember walking through the Ventura Harbor, and inside the Ventura Harbor, there's this great ice cream shop. I don't know where they get their ice cream, but it was wonderful. And so we'd go down there as a group of friends. We'd get ice cream, and I'd generally get a waffle cone because I never really spent the money anywhere else to get a waffle cone. But this place, this place was good. So we'd get a waffle cone, you'd fill it with ice cream, and it was kind of too big to eat on its own, so you generally had a spoon. And you'd sit there and eat it with a spoon. My friends and I are walking, and I'm behind them. Okay, so they're all in front of me. And I'm eating my ice cream, walking along through the harbor, and I take a spoonful, and as I'm walking, the ice cream falls off the spoon. In mid-stride, I reach back with my spoon, and I caught it. (laughs) This was mind-blowing to me. None of my friends saw it. They were all in front of me, walking, and I'm like, guys, did, what? And I look back over my shoulder, and there's a dad with his kids who had just got ice cream, too, walking along, and goes, Somebody saw it. Because we're not talking a big spoon, we're talking a little ice cream shop taster spoon, right? But I wanted somebody to witness that. If I was the only voice talking about that one thing, my friends would have been like, yeah, right, whatever. But somebody saw it. Somebody witnessed it. And that was, made me feel good, right? So the text today, as John is writing uh, about... Jesus talking about witnesses, about him, right? Now, we came in, in that text, halfway through Jesus' speech, okay? There's a whole nother beginning, just about as long as that, right before it, where he's talking about equality with God, and he's talking about being the Son of God, and his authority as the Son of God. And that whole conversation is happening at the temple, on a Sabbath where he had just healed somebody and then found that guy at the temple and was encouraging that guy to witness to the truth, to talk about the truth. So the Pharisees are there, and this whole speech is directed at the Pharisees and the religious leaders there in the temple as Jesus is talking to them, and they're mad at him on two accounts. One, he healed on the Sabbath, and they weren't quite sure about that. Two, he had claimed equality with God by saying, my Father in heaven. That was unimaginable to them. To claim to be the actual son of God, that was blasphemy. And so for him to make those two accounts on a Sabbath in the temple area, on that temple mount, was just too much. And so he talked to them. And today we're, we're looking at what it looks like to be a witness like Jesus. And through that whole speech, we start to see how Jesus witnesses. And as he witnesses, 
there's a couple of things that really stand out. And one of them is that he witnesses in the place where the Father has sent him. And that's an interesting thing to think on because many times we try and go way too far out or stretch way beyond what might be at home or within our local sense and think that witnessing has to be done out far and abroad. Yeah, it does, and some are sent there, but many of us aren't. People ask, you know, where, where does God want me to be? And I usually answer with, where are your feet? <clears throat> and they say, beneath me. Good, that's where God wants you to be. <laughs> where your feet are is where he calls you. And so as we witness, and as Jesus was witnessing about the truth of God, he was witnessing where God called him, where God had placed him. He wasn't running off anywhere other than right into the heart of Jerusalem, standing at the temple speaking to the people that God had set apart, but were missing the truth of the scriptures. And so he walked and he talked. And as you hear his words about witnessing, you start to see all the different things that he points to that point to him. Because there's so many things that God had put in line to witness about Jesus. And as Jesus was there, he had full authority to just say, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and you have to deal with that. But he didn't do that all the time. He spoke that truth, absolutely. Those are his words. But then he also started to point to Scripture. And he'd say, look, guys at the temple, you're hanging your hat on Moses and all the things that he had written down, and you search those Scriptures because you think that you have eternal life in them, but you know what? Those Scriptures point to me. And you think that there's life outside of me somewhere else in some other way, and yet the Son of God who stands here before you with the glory of God revealing the Father to you, you don't even receive me. But if somebody else comes in their own name, you receive them, whether it's Moses or John or anybody else that's coming along to say something, you receive them and spend time with them, and you bring them glory. And so Jesus is pointing to that truth from Scripture. He's pointing to the Scriptures to say all of those point to me. And then there's something else he points to. There's one of the lines in there that he says, he says, look at these works. Look at these works that I'm in the midst of doing. These point to my godhood as well. These point to who God has made me to be. These point to who your God is. One of them specifically, the healing that he just did that day on the Sabbath. Amongst many, many others, You see, because there were things that people could do and there were things that God could do and all of a sudden Jesus is there in the form of a person doing God things. And so the people had to wrestle with that a little bit. They had to say, how can this man, how can this flesh and blood man do things that only God does? God is the God of life. God is the God of healing. Yet here's this man in flesh and blood healing and bringing people back to life. And so Jesus says, look at those works. Those point to who I am too. So as we witness and we look at how Jesus witnessed as well, he's pointing to the things that point to him. Now we are not Jesus. So we're not going to point to the things that point to us. We're going to point to the things that point to him. It's what witnessing is. Something that you've seen or experienced and being able to tell somebody else about it. 
And there's a lot of times that we want to point to ourselves. We want to hold up maybe those laws or a Christian life or something else and say, look, this is what it can look like as a Christian. Look at my life. Look at how I've lived it. Look at how all of this plays out, and you can have that too. And with that, though there might be some truth and beauty in that, it still misses Jesus unless he's at the center of it. Because, see, it's not through our life that we gain salvation and forgiveness and life. It's solely through what Jesus has done, the works that he has accomplished, the life that he brings, that brings life and salvation and forgiveness. And so as he stood in the temple and he pointed people to the works that he had already done and looking ahead to the work of the cross that was about to come, we can witness and point people to Jesus again as we look at that cross and we say, look, right there, that's when sins were forgiven. Right there, that's when the Son of God died on your behalf and raised again to bring you life. And your forgiveness rests in Him. And so, yeah, life looks messy and life looks messed up and life looks broken. And right now, as our experience of life is corrupted, but there's perfection in what Christ has done, and that perfection is promised to come once again and be the eternal thing that lives on. The corruption and brokenness of life will go away. Why? Because of all that Christ has done for his creation, for all that Christ has done to reconcile his creation back to the Father as he stands as the one way, truth, and life before God, not one of many not one of a few, not one of a lot of options or many truths, but the one truth, the one way, the one Son of God, the one who died for you and lives for you and gives you life. And it's in his name that we rise up each day in joy and say, yes, life does look broken in my experience of it right now, except I know that Christ continues to be present in the midst of it. And even in the brokenness, he brings joy. And in those beautiful moments of joy, that's what we get to point people to and say that joy comes solely because of what Christ has done. Not just for me, but for all of his creation. As he forgives and he renews and he brings life. And that's something to witness about. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love that you have shown us through your son, Jesus. And the scriptures that are there and the eyewitnesses that saw it all happen and wrote it down to share with people and tell people about to bring you glory so that your creation would be reconciled back to you, would be brought back to you and made righteous because of all that you have done. We pray, Father, that you give us courageous hearts to point to Jesus in the conversations and the relationships that you have brought us into. Wherever you send our feet, we pray that you would send our voices also so that your word would make its way all around the entire earth so that all would come to know of your glory and your truth and your love for us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.